0: Hi, I'm Paul Jay, and welcome to TheAnalysis.News. Please don't forget the donate button and subscribe button and such. Thank you to everyone who has already donated, and we'll be back in a few seconds with two organizers inside Israel fighting for what they say is peace and equality. The recent Israeli attacks on Gaza and ethnic cleansing in Jerusalem has raised even higher the Israeli chauvinist and militarist sentiment inside the country. One poll found that 73% of Israelis wanted the attacks on Gaza to continue. A new government has been formed, but it appears as right-wing as the now-ousted Netanyahu. It's even more difficult to organize inside Israel for peace and equality between Israelis and Palestinians. Standing together has been a leading voice and an organizing body for Palestinian and Jewish citizens of Israel. They say that they will continue their work because, quote, we are not willing to return to, quote, normal. They say that struggle for a society in which all Arabs and Jews enjoy security, freedom from violence, safety in homes and on streets and in the cities, and most of all, equality. Now joining us to discuss the current situation in Israel are two leaders of Standing Together. Rula Daoud is co-national director of Standing Together, the joint Arab-Jewish progressive grassroots movement. Rula is a speech pathologist in her training and former profession. She started her activism in her current city of Laud, where she's coming to us today around issues of women's rights and gun violence and promoting partnerships in mixed cities Rula worked as a community organizer at Standing Together for two years, where she produced numerous events and organized protests with hundreds of activists before being appointed co-national director. Alon Lee Green is the founding national director of Standing Together. As a teenager, Alon Lee was active in organizing Israel's first trade union of waiters in a chain of coffee shops. As leader of the union, he led a six-week strike was fired by management and then returned to his job by a court order, eventually won the strike and signed the first ever collective agreement in Israel's restaurant industry. He went on to found Israel's first national waiters' union and has appeared numerous times in the media speaking about young workers' rights. In the summer of 2011, he played a prominent role in Israel's social protest movement and convened some of its largest rallies. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. Thank you both. So Rula, s- start with a little bit about more about your own background and how you got involved in in Standing Together.
1: Actually, I'm a I'm a originally from a, up north. I'm a, from a village called the Yassif. and as a Palestinian citizen of of Israel, we basically grew up uh, of uh, being non-political. It's uh, um, from the generation who was born for parents who actually lived through martial laws uh, that was uh, inside of Israel, and you grow up to be you grow you grow up in an environment where it's it's hard for your parents to accept that you want to be political or you want to have uh, political issues fighting for, because they come from a place where they were very oppressed. So. The journey of becoming an activist began, I think, in my 20s, basically. And, you know, just living in, in Israel as a second-class citizens it puts you in many circumstances where you understand that you are a second-class citizens, where you basically have injustice in many points, in many periods of your own life. And at a certain point, it came to a place where I had to basically choose. Do I choose to, you know, be silenced and to live my life in a regime where I am reminded every day that I'm not equal to other citizens? Or do I stand up and fight my own fights with people who believe in uh, in equal rights for everybody, in justice, in social justice, in ending the occupation and letting everybody in this piece of land in the Middle East have a peaceful quiet uh, life and the turning point for me was actually when I finished my first uh, degree and I wanted to travel uh, because I had so many years where I couldn't really travel I didn't really have money anyway so I wanted to travel and at the airport after so many years I haven't really left uh, to anywhere else I was basically giving the whole uh, phase of, uh, you know, uh, security checking where you have to go inside the room and I have to, you know, be a, how do you say, actually undress myself and uh, go through a very humiliating, uh, uh procedure. And that was the point where I actually broke and I chose to stand up and I chose to make a different, to take a different path in my own life. And the moment I I, I tried to actually uh, enroll in many other uh, parties inside of uh, inside of uh, Israel, but I couldn't really find my own place. Each each one for a certain reason. And when I met standing together for the first time in my life, it was in the um, uh, flag uh, uh, parade that you have in Jerusalem. Uh, the was last week and is uh, basically you know, other extremists wants to have it also this Thursday. And there I saw standing together, I saw purple uh, people having purple uh, uh, t-shirts, shouting out in Arabic and in Hebrew uh, uh, against the occupation, against what's happening in East uh, uh, Jerusalem. And that was basically the first time I met standing together and I chose to actually see what that uh, grassroots movement can can do and what they can give me. And I started becoming more uh, active in standing together. And bit by bit, I understood that that was a place that can really understand, accept, and actually empower my own identity as a Palestinian uh, citizen of Israel and have uh, the same fights, Uh, also Arabs and Jews inside of Israel. So that was the moment I, you know, I found out that this is a political home for me. And since then, I've been withstanding together.
0: Uh, Just another question before we get to Aaron Lee. Um, uh, This incident at the airport obviously is like a straw that broke the camel's back. It's an accumulation of, I guess, indignities. Um, uh, As a child, when you say you started, became aware of what it means to be a second class citizen. Uh, what age was that, and were there any was was there a particular incident that really did it for you?
1: Well, I think um, my 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 parents, my family, we, my dad actually uh, really empowered us to 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 be more fluent, to learn more, to to try to actually discover things all around us. So he kind of wanted his own kids also to be. Uh, you know, hardworking also. And the first time I left home, which is a small Arab village, uh, was at the age of 14, and I went to actually to work in Tel Aviv. And I think it was uh, uh, that year when I went in, on a bus in public transportation because in a villages you don't really have public transportation. Uh, I went down into a market uh, close to the place where I was living and that was the first time somebody actually, you know, talked to me, called me as an Arab and he, was, and he said, what are you doing here? Where are your parents? And he gave some uh, very racist, some racist, you know, comments uh, about me being an Arab. Uh, there was a very uh, difficult situation and I think that was the first time I really understood that there was like Arabs and Jews. And it's like there's difference between the Arabs and the Jews uh, in the place where you live. But it also was the first time I went out, you know, a more mixed city. It was also the first time I really had communication uh, uh, with somebody who's not an Arab uh, inside of the country that I was living. So it was a kind of, um, you know, uh, a different experience at the age of 13, 14
0: uh, I, I, we'll have to do another interview sometime, and and really do more of your history, uh, and, and and we'll no do problem. that s- hopefully sooner than later. Uh, Alon Lee, uh, it is not an easy thing to be organizing. First of all, as a Palestinian, but it's also not an easy thing to be organizing as a Jewish Israeli to go against what seems to be the popular tide, which seems you know very right wing, very. Uh, anti-palestinian at a, at a level which I think is very hard for most people to imagine uh, so what's your story how, how do you I, I, I you know you organized waiters a story I told in the introduction but there's people that do fight for you know workers rights and for their social rights as as Israeli Jews but they don't fight for Palestinian rights so how did you get to there so so my personal story
2: as um as a son to a single mother that struggled um, economically to, to survive in, in the very expensive city of, of Tel Aviv, um, as an as a worker in, in a coffee chain that that was exploited together with my my friends at, at the workplace, I think I learned that that um, equality is for everyone, or no one can actually um, get it, and, and I think. We do understand in the workplace um, very well that if someone is worth more than you, if he or she, they get uh, more rights and and you're more exploited than them, eventually it will come to to everyone. And and it is a very, very important thing to understand about Israel is that we have a lot of fights for equality, different kinds of equality. The LGBT community in Israel is very um, uh, strongly fighting and struggling for equality in, in Israel women in Israel are fighting against um, uh, violence towards women and are fighting for more budgets and and, uh, support from the government for for their personal uh, security. Um, The Arab-Palestinian minority in Israel is is in a constant fight against discrimination, against a nation-state law that was just uh, recently passed by by the Israeli Knesset. And when you connect all these struggles, you see a major fight in the Israeli society for equality. And you understand that a person that has a window um, from one fight, for example, the feminist fight or the LGBT fight, do understand eventually, these people do understand that these fights and struggles are connected. And this is why it is much more popular these days um, uh, to be part of the the fight for equality for Palestinians in Israel. And it's much more uh, popular even though it might seem different from outside, it's much more popular to be demanding an end to the occupation. Um, Yes, in times of war, um, people tend to go to the extreme um, positions and they say things that just reflect the fact that the blood is boiling. Um, But this cycle of violence, this cycle of war, we saw more and more people supporting Our um, positions and actually taking a stand and taking an an action. Um, We saw commercial companies, you know, it's not our message, but commercial companies putting up billboards saying Jews and Arabs refuse to be enemies and that violence is not the the answer and that the Arab Palestinian society in Israel must be a part of the general. Society. This is something we didn't saw in the last uh, cycles of war or in the last cycles of escalations and and uh, and violence. So you do see that, you know, reality is, is complicated in Israel. In one hand, we have the most right wing government um, ever elected, um, and even the change, you know, so called change government is now being appointed. Is not going to be a very you know liberal or left wing or you know social uh, government. Um, but the people of Israel um, is more committed to, to fight for equality than they ever
0: been. Uh, Rula, one of the things that happened in, in the recent upsurge of the conflict was that there was a real rise of organizing resistance fighting from Palestinians inside Israel. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we've seen other times in the past where there's been conflict uh, between Israel and the West Bank, Israel and Gaza. Where Palestinians inside the country didn't really rise up in the moment, at least that's my understanding of it. Uh, But
1: this time they did. Yeah, well, I think if 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 I'm gonna relate actually to your first question, uh, I think there's a a new generation, a different generation. Uh, What we have witnessed for so many years was uh, basically. A a fear, fear of being political, fear of taking a stand, fear of asking and demanding what is yours. Uh, The last, these, I think, uh, last month with everything that was happening with the Sheikh Jarrah and the eviction of the families from Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood and going on to two years before that, uh, the violence uh, a that you had inside the Palestinian society, inside of Israel, all of them actually accumulated because you could see a a generation that was asking for solutions, a generation that understood that only by demanding what's yours, you can really achieve or make any change. And this time you're talking about uh, people that are not afraid of being political that are not afraid of going out and demonstrating That are not afraid of marching from one city to another city for their own just causes. And these voices are basically being empowered from other, you know, parts inside uh, of the Palestinian society of of Israel also, and not only just by people, but also I see you see organizations. Uh, rising up and also empowering uh, 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 this, that same generation. So there has been come, uh, 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 we have, I would say, evolved from one place where we had fear in every day to a generation that has actually, uh, uh, has, um, uh, the, is willing uh, to actually make a change. And by making a change, they understand that they can go out, demonstrate, shout out, and do the things that is actually rightful for people uh, to do when you want to demonstrate. So this is basically the the big really change that happened in the last few years. Um, And you can also see that most of the people who also came out, you know, the Palestinian youth, uh, the citizens here are also young people who have been driven uh, by uh, other calls and struggles that have been led in other cities. So you had this kind of feeling that we have a power as you know uh, as one people here inside of inside of Israel, and we just wanted to show that we really have a just cause, and we just went out to the streets and it's been happening for you know for several weeks right now. and once it happens, you see more people joining you. So it's kind of empowering everything that started. Um, and I, I do hope that this kind of you know awakeness uh, really goes on beyond to these uh, to these weeks and beyond uh, uh, the period where we come to a uh, uh, more violence and war against Gaza and just you know it uh, moves on uh, 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 to really make a real difference uh, inside of uh, uh, the Israeli society. so I do hope that this is just the beginning for something that is much more bigger
0: uh, Alan, the how are Israelis responding to this awakening amongst the Palestinians in Israel? Uh, does it make them, you know, rethink where things are heading, or does it actually consolidate a more right-wing position? You mean Jewish Israelis, right? Jew, I mean, yeah, Jewish Israelis. Jewish
2: Israelis. Um,
0: so, so it's it's a very
2: um, uh, situation, of course, and you see a lot of kinds um, of responses. The, the Israeli right wing, the Israeli Jewish right wing, is trying to use this. Um, uprising, this wave of protest um, in the Israeli mixed cities, in the Arab municipalities around Israel, and to claim that um, you know all Arabs are violent and that um, uh, the um, Arab society in Israel is preferred to be recognized as Palestinians and not Israelis, like they cannot it with, with this complexity that are both Palestinian and citizens of Israel. They're trying to use this um, situation to, to say Hamas is actually leading the Arab society in Israel and that you can see Hamas flags in, in, um, in, uh, in demonstrations or funerals of people that are shot by the Israeli police inside the, the cities of, of Israel. And um, by the way, they just cannot um, uh, um, differentiate between a green flag with an Arab reading and another green, another green flag because there are also Arab... Movements, Muslim Arab movements inside Israel, having a green flag with Arabic on it, and it's not the Hamas flag. Um, but um, they, they try to use this situation and to push um, the general population further to the right um, and further into positions that are uh, discharging of the Palestinian um, uh, struggle for independence, you know, of Palestinians and for equality inside Israel. But we did see um also a big wave of support um, among Jewish Israelis um, saying that it is a, a struggle for freedom it's a struggle for equality and that uh, the young Palestinian um citizens of Israel that were awakened in the last weeks it's, it's an amazing you know you look on the social networks and you see something you've never seen before like People one after the other, they're changing their profile picture into the you know to the red color of this uh, struggle. They're they're adding the purple you know of, of our movement to their um, as badges to their profile. People are you know sharing things that they it's catching like fire, um, and you see a lot of, of empathy and 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 a lot of, of support from, from Jews. You saw a lot of demonstrations all across uh, Israel in these days of, of war and escalation of Jews and Arabs coming together, um, uh, not only saying, you know, coexistence and, and, you know, very obvious things, but saying the, the war must end, the occupation must end. We need to, to see equality. and I'm talking about thousands of, of, um, of citizens in the time of war. And usually in the time of war, people are, you know, the politicians, even the left-wing politicians in Israel are saying, now the guns, you know, are shooting, Wait, let's see what's happened, and then we'll talk about the consequences and what is actually going on. But this time you saw a lot of Israelis, um, Jews and Palestinians, going out to the streets. Um, and it's an interesting phenomenon. It's also an interesting phenomenon to, to understand that whenever the government is trying to attack the Palestinian minority inside Israel and to delegitimize the, the representatives of, of, you know, of Palestinians in Knesset, in, it actually creates the, the opposite uh, reaction. And more voters, Palestinian voters, are going out and vote. We saw, you know, the the largest um, uh, fraction ever of, of the joint list, 15 seats in, in parliament, where, you know, they were exactly under um, attacks and, and attempts to, you know, to kind of create um, um, a suppression of of Arab voters in in Israel. So that worked uh, counter. Um, wise for the for the government, and and you also saw it now. They tried to legitimize, delegitimize de- the, the Palestinian community. In Israel, it didn't work for
0: them. Uh, Rula, the, let's deal with the big underlying question, and then we can kind of get into some other issues. Uh, as long as Israel is defined as a Jewish state, can Palestinian Israelis be anything of, but some form of second class? And let me add to that, um, if Israel is defined as a Jewish state, um, how do you ever get to a point of either a legitimate two-state, although it seems to me a lot of, most people have given up on a real two-state solution, w- which leaves you with a one-person, one-vote situation? At least that would be the demand. That would certainly be what democracy looks like. Of course, then you have Palestinians have 52 percent of the vote. So. What, what, just what's your thinking on how this gets resolved, both in kind of a more short-term way and longer-term way?
1: Well, I think that if if I am taught something uh, from third grade uh, until ninth grade, is every time that you open a book of of, of history, you have uh, uh, this sentence written uh, as Israel as a Jewish and a democratic uh, uh, country, I think it had, had been proven wrong. Uh, repeatedly, uh, we say uh, every time when anybody says uh, that Israel is a democratic and also the, the the land of the Jews, we say that Israel is a is a country that acts uh, um, to it, its Arabs because, as if her, her being Jewish and uh, and gives the democracy for its Jewish citizens. So I think we all understand and realize that as long as we have a a country that is based on ethnicity and based on making citizens first class and second class, we can't really achieve democracy, we can't really achieve equality, we can't really achieve a a community or a society that is equal for everybody. So I think that answers your first question, uh, maybe. For the second question, I think uh, when we talk about the, the solution, this is a really big question that doesn't really you can't really have a, an answer for it in, in 30 minutes or even in one minute. But I think that the, the very basic thing that we must all agree on it, that the solution has to be a, a, a rightful for both nations, for both people. And I think coming from a place uh, of a minority inside of Israel, from a place where I can't really feel belonging to the country I am in or to any of its symbols and it's really hard for me to to feel as a, a, a real part or citizen of this uh, of this country, I would really want us to achieve a place where we really have equality for both nations and we have both people uh, Jews and also Palestinians deciding their own fate uh, people sitting in one room and talking about that solution and not having you know a, a Uh, others deciding for both of us, what is the right thing and what is the wrong thing. And I think that solution must talk about justice for both parts, for their own uh, independence. Uh, The solution must actually be um, agreed on both sides. And that solution must really talk about freedom, equality and independence for both sides. And, And each and every one of us right. A basic right of of living an equal and a free a, a free life.
0: Does well if you link that to your first answer, um, that doesn't really happen as long as the only state is called a Jewish state, um, and 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 you said there needs to be negotiation, but you know if you're one of the negotiators, <laughs> what what's your vision of what your
1: what you're negotiating for well my vision is actually i i think i've said it two days ago we had an argument uh, somewhere a, a bunch of us as activists and there was that argument of is it one a one country for all of us is it two countries and what side are you in and i gave uh, this answer and i said i want a place a, I want a country where i can go to our football or how you say in, in America, you say soccer, and cheer uh, 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 and cheer up and, and, and shout out the name of the country that I belong to and uh, the name of the players that I, that really are playing for me. And that kind of uh, vision that I have uh, actually uh, uh, makes it maybe harder and more complicated because in the reality we live in, you have uh, one country that is actually occupying, one nation occupying another nation. And inside of that uh, country, you have also, you know, small, you know, we're not such a small, but we are a minority uh, as Palestinian citizens of Israel. And every time we want to have that kind of a balance of you as a Palestinian and also being a uh, Israeli citizen, it's very hard to see, you know, a future where all of that happens uh, in just one simple solution that says one, one, you know, one country or two countries. So... My solution, I choose a a reality where I can be equal, uh, basically, where I can have the same rights. When I call up for an apartment uh, to buy or to rent, uh, they're not going to ask me for my name and what the meaning of the name and am I an Arab or where where do I come from? So I would just cheer for a place where I am really equal to everybody else and my own identity doesn't scare anybody. I think we're in a place that you have so many complicated Issues and complicated uh, uh, struggles uh, that is not that easy to really uh, have that question of is it one country or two countries? There are too many factors uh, inside that are playing, that is changing also rapidly uh, because of the way we are living. And of course, we can talk about many elements uh, uh, that are not to be combined all together and bringing us to a very difficult and complicated reality, but it is a reality that we are living in.
2: Can I, can I add um, um, just, just a few thoughts? Um, first of all, it is important to understand that we don't separate between the struggles. Our struggle against the occupation, our struggle for freedom and, and independence for Palestinians is not separated for us um, from the struggle against Jewish supremacy inside Israel or against racism or discrimination of the, of the Palestinians living as citizens of Israel suffering from many uh, injustices. Um, and it is important for us to, to, to connect the struggles and to understand that we are um, fighting for justice, not just in, um, because we're in solidarity with Palestinians, uh, if, if we're Jewish, um, or, or because if, if we're Palestinians in Israel, we're in solidarity in our, with our families in, in the West Bank and in Gaza, but also we're fighting for ourselves, for our own self-interest of living in an equal country in a country where our needs are being fulfilled, in a country where our government is not working against one-fifth of the population, um, but also against Ethiopians, um, against uh, ex-Soviet um, um, uh, uh, Jews, against the uh, LGBT um, uh, people. So it is, what we do is to try and connect the, the struggles, but we will not also um, stay on the fence, sit on the fence and say, you know, we have, um, just, you know, this amazing vision of how, how Israel and Palestine should, you know, look um, like one day and we'll wait until this this day will come. We need to fight to really end the occupation in our lifetime. I wish it will not even be in our lifetime. It will be in the next few, few years. And we need to understand that what we're fighting is also, you know, people dying, people losing their families, people losing their houses, people losing, you know, Um, their children in in the recent war in Gaza, 69 Palestinian children died in in Gaza. And this is a reality we need to change right now. So yes, we have a long term vision, yet we have dreams for this place, but we also are building um, a struggle right now on the ground with as many um, partners that we can get. Yet, some of these partners will not be um, our partners in the fight for complete equality inside Israel, and there will not be our partners in, in in all their fights against supremacy in Israel. But if they are willing to go with us, at some part of the way to end the occupation right now and to end the the the, the blood circle and and you know to end the reality where people are losing their lives, we will need to cooperate with them so we can build a majority inside uh, Israel. We will continue. Um, uh, to fight, you know, I have. I'm a socialist. Yeah, I want to see this uh, um, place being one socialist big um, uh, state where people can fulfill themselves and have all the equality they can they can get. I'm cooperating with people that are not thinking like me. It's a necessity. we want to stop that
0: So by talking about equality, by talking about linking. The workers' struggles and the other struggles of Jewish Israelis you talked about with the Palestinian struggle. Um, you, according to many Israelis, including most of the government, you're a traitor. Uh, the rhetoric against people who take a position like you do is as inflammatory as anyone could imagine, uh, because I guess it's in the interests of the you know the, the people that run Israel and benefit from the situation to keep people united on the basis of being anti-Palestinian, so they don't unite on the basis of what you say is their own interest. Uh, That being said, you say you want to end the occupation now. What does that look like?
2: It looks like no more Israeli military in Palestinian villages, no more arrests of children in the middle of the night just to be detained by Israeli 18 years old coming with a gun, wake you up in the middle of the night, create a huge mess in your house and take children um, to be detained. It means no more casualties in in Gaza. It means no more blockade on Gaza, no more bombings of Gaza. It means no more um, um, enslaving ourselves as a society to the occupation. Um, It means that it's mental of all Israeli settlements um, in the West Bank we're moving to the, to the borders of, of Israel and not trying to occupy land, not trying to build more settlements and to take what is not yours. Um, I know it is not the end of our vision, but it, it is a necessity right now um, because blood is being spilled, because people are, you know, you know just in, in recent days, um, dozens of people lost their lives in this uh, region in just a few 11
0: days. This is something we took upon ourselves to, to stop. The uh, y- You've got, obviously, this immediate situation that you just described. Um, a somewhat longer term, uh, and who knows how long, but in terms of demands, at least, if there's any kind of democracy, if that word's going to mean anything, um, it has to be one person, one vote. And, and, and one person, one vote right now would include the West Bank and Gaza, given that it's been you know, under Israeli rule for decades.
2: So right now, even though it's not something I, I, you know, I'm happy with, it's not my choice, but there is a very strong and big Jewish majority, a national majority inside Israel that seeks and supports the right, the right for self-determination of Jews living in Israel. Some of them will even claim it's the right for self-determination of all Jews in the world, something I really disagree with. Inside the Palestinian territories, there is a strong, big national majority of Palestinians supporting their right to end occupation, to live in freedom and to self-determinate as Palestinians in a Palestinian state. This is a demand that you cannot ignore. If you put this majority with this majority and you put them under one roof. The, 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 the support and, and their will to self-determinate will not end and just disappear you know, the, the other morning. I think it's a recipe for more clashes, recipe for more blood. And it is something we need years to work on. It doesn't mean we're not going to work on it. It doesn't mean we're not going to seek this you know, complete equality in, in Israel. But the first step must be ending the occupation and ending the endless wars. If you if you ignore the fact that there that there are some people living under a military regime right now, and you you jump you know just to the end part of your vision, some steps on, on the way must might be ignored, and you will just you know have a different result than what than what you see. These different results can cost in a lot of, of blood. So what we say right now is that we try to build a coalition, an historic coalition. And a historic majority inside Israel to first end the occupation. We are also having the fight to achieve complete equality inside Israel and to end Jewish supremacy in Israel. It is something that that you know we are working daily to 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 broaden the camp that that supports our stance and supports our claims and, and demands. But. You cannot ignore that the, the majority of Palestinians want to live in an independent state. And you cannot ignore the fact that the majority of Jews in this land want to live in an independent state. Rula,
1: you want to pick that up? I think that one of the things that we sometimes, uh, maybe it, it gets lost because of we have to, you know, bigger issues or bigger things to think about uh, regarding the solution uh, or what's supposed to happen in the middle east is what, and this is one of the things that i think uh, the hardest uh, for you know palestinians uh, palestinian citizens uh, of israel is, is so many times it's uh, the story of palestinians inside of israel is kind of lost uh, it's uh, every time we talk about a solution it's some kind of automatically uh, we are addressed as, you know, fully citizens of Israel. And then we don't really have uh, a say in what's happening or it comes last, or we are basically, you know, uh, uh, again, in that situation where again, a second class, uh, 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 you know, sitting on the bench and just waiting for others to to choose for them. And that is why uh, every time we talk about the occupation, and to talk about the solution. Uh, every time they ask me, uh, I have the same answer: that every solution that does not see me as a Palestinian, as part of the Palestinian people, all over, uh, whether they are uh, refugees living in Israel, living in Gaza, living in Ramallah, as part of one nation who is who lives who is living inside of of, of a country of, of Israel, and they should have their own rights, you know. Uh, our equality, social justice, and that does not, the fact that we are citizens of Israel should not make us as uh, less worthy of being one part of that e- equation. And so many times when we have that discussion, it feels like we forget that you have uh, 20%, uh, more than 20% citizens, a uh, Palestinian citizens inside of Israel, and automatically the, the, the discussion becomes of, is it one nation, two nation, and how do we uh, 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 talk about the solution or react to it? And that is why I I, I emphasize always that every solution must say that you fully understand the identity of the other side and you give them all the rights, uh, equal rights for everybody. And I think that is the beginning of the solution. It's not the end of the solution. If you talk about the occupation, you must also talk about Equal rights for everybody who's living here, and that is one point that I think is always missing whenever we talk about occupation.
0: Okay, well, this is a, a long conversation which we should do. We should do again um, uh, because uh, I want to talk a little bit about the current politics of the new government in Israel, um, but but definitely we'll. we'll, we'll Do this again. I hope soon, and and dig into this whole question. I mean, right now, most Israelis don't even want to call you Palestinian. Uh, You know, you're an Arab. They don't want to recognize there are such things as Palestinians, especially inside Israel. Uh, But let's. I guess that's partly connected to my next question. Uh, But let me go to Alon Lee to start on this. Um, Alon, the government that's now replaced Netanyahu is every bit as right wing or more right wing. Uh, and as, and not only in terms of the Palestinian question, but even in terms of Israeli domestic issues. Uh, where the hell is some kind of even centrist opposition, never mind uh, Social Democrat, uh, Alon?
2: Let me start by saying that um, I'm happy that Netanyahu might possibly um, go away after 13 years of, of destruction and hatred and incitement and discrimination and creating more and more social and economic gaps in, in Israel. Um, I'm happy. I would be very happy. Maybe what will happen um, in the next few days. I would be very happy to see him leave. Am I happy with the the, the new government and the, the other option? No. <laughs> it's, um I mean, we're pending... Um, an extreme right winger, um, the prime minister. Um, we're handing a person with five or six seats, some of them started to leave him um, in parliament, the option to leave Israel, even though he has such a minor support. Um, who is giving him this, um, this um, amazing opportunity and, and, and gift? It's also the left-wing parties of, of Israel, the labor and, and, and Merit. They're doing that because um, the way that the political camps are organized right now, like the basic question of, um, of your political identity in Israel now, is not, you know, socialism against capitalism. It's not um, occupation against peace. It's mainly Netanyahu for and against. And if you're against Netanyahu, right-wing and left-wing, are meeting um, each other if they're against Netanyahu and forming a coalition just to block um, Netanyahu. Um, they claim it will be a coalition that will do nothing but change Netanyahu and run the country um, and move it outside of the, the stuck corner uh, that it has been into in the last um, years. Whether it's true, it's, it's not true, because they will have and execute policies um, that will be right-wing policies. They will try and erase the Palestinian question, even though we see again and again and again that you cannot erase this question because it explodes in your face when you try to bury it under the, the rug. Um, they will try and you know you know preserve the status quo. Um, they will try to um, um, you know not change racist laws like the nation state um, law that has been passed three years ago. Um, and I think um, they will learn that. Um, this is the left part of it. I don't agree that it's only right wing because, too, you know, it's a question in Israel. You call them left.
0: Yeah, I, I, was, I was going to ask you that. What is left about these left wing, what you're calling left wing? Uh, is there, a, certainly in relationship to the Palestinian issue, there's nothing left about them, is there? You, you will be surprised to, to, to know that
2: the Mennet's party, the liberal and um, Zionist um, left of, of Israel, um, they kind of moved to the left and they have been more active in the, the question of, of fighting against the occupation from you know their own perspective of, of, of things. but they talk about the occupation, they talk about human rights in, in, in the West Bank, they talk even about Gaza from, from time to time. but then they are being quiet when there's a war and they say it's not the time to go out to the streets and they don't they didn't join our, our um, rallies. Just until the day of after the war, until the, after the ceasefire, then they came for the first rally in organized with thousands of people, and they, you know, they had a speech on, on the stage and, and stuff. But you know, they waited until the ceasefire to do that. Um, but they do talk about the occupation. They have some good parliament members that are active. You know, Rals, um, for example, it's an it's an amazing example of a parliament member for merits that you will find every Friday in Sheikh in the West Bank. In demonstration, you know, rallying against occupation. Um, so it is, again, it's it's complicated when, when you look at it, but then there will be the partners of, of the Taliban in, in the government. Whether it will allow them to work against occupation and to protest even against occupation, not to, not to speak about executing policies against occupation, I don't think it will allow them. Um, it will be kind of safe to say that we will be creating the opposition space in, in Israel in the next few years. And you cannot put your hopes in the Israeli government or the Israeli parliament even, because no hope will rise from there. The hope will rise from the people that are choosing to act in this reality. And, and it's proven again and again and again that they are willing to even get bitten by the police, if you're a Palestinian citizen of Israel, or being arrested even just for posting something on Facebook or just, you know, for being in a demonstration, you can come back to your home, go to sleep, and in the next morning, the police will knock on your door and arrest you for um, attending in a demonstration. So these people are bringing hope to Israel. These people are creating the opposition in Israel. And it's not only about opposition, but we want to gain power. Um, and I think we hit the momentum in the, in the last few weeks and something we need to Brought in and to to
0: you know bring more partners to. Uh, Rula, before the election or in the lead up to the election, uh, there was a lot of talk about how the Palestinian parties, of course, the Israeli press calls them Arab parties, but uh, how the Palestinian parties would have more leverage. Uh, they might be you know be able to decide who forms the government. Uh, it hasn't turned out this way as as far as I can understand it. The Palestinian parties have wound up with very, you know, not really much leverage at all. You have a, as as reactionary a government as there was before. What what does that do in terms of Palestinians' uh, feelings about the whole electoral process in Israel? Does it make them want to
1: do more or give up on it? Well, I think the uh, the fact that we had four elections in two years and the fact that you had so many... Uh, de- Like the first and the second uh, uh, elections, and the third election, you could see a kind of a power that the the Palestinian uh, Palestinians felt they had, because finally we had, you know, we could see a leadership, and we could see somebody fighting our fights and and talking in our name. But it unfortunately didn't really last, because the the political, you know, the political game a kind of um, delegitimized uh, in a very harsh way uh, uh, these parties. And today, I think by forming, by understanding that also in the Palestinian parties, you have left and right, and you have uh, more conservative and more liberal uh, parties. You can understand that the whole uh, political map uh, uh, that we thought is relevant to us, few months ago has really changed rapidly. Uh, What we see right now by by Ram, which is uh, Mansour Abbas, uh, sitting in in the coalition uh, as a part of the more uh, Islamic movement uh, inside Saudi Israel, actually show us that you have like conservative people and uh, uh, more right-wing people uh, sitting together in one uh, government after so many elections. After three elections, that is what we have right now. So I think the effect that it will have on the Palestinian society there is gonna be unfortunately negative on the political uh, electoral way, because even if Mansour Abbas really uh, uh, holds it and brings and, and really brings some achievements, they are always gonna say that you sat in a government uh, of a real extreme right-wing people that talk about, you know, that uh, the, uh, the prime minister who's going to be talked about killing Palestinians in a very proud way uh, in one of his uh, uh, rallies and on the the other side if he doesn't give if he doesn't bring uh, back uh, any achievements uh, also it's going to be you know backed up with here you go you sat down with the the right uh, real right extremist and you brought back. Not, nothing, no achievements for the the, the Palestinian uh, people, Palestinian citizens of Israel. So at both ways, I see it in the Parliament way as a, a, a as a way of losing and not really achieving anything for uh, for the citizens. But what we really achieved when we talk about grassroots and when we talk about you know having power and understanding the power that you have in the streets, in with the people is that you could see that people basically rose up and went out and called out and shouted out and had rallies and demonstrations for weeks after weeks after weeks without even tiring or being any afraid all of all of all of the political arrests that we have been seeing for the last few few days so if it gave us something it gave us basically you know a, 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 it made it acknowledge the power that we have when we organize uh, as people and go out fighting for the things that we uh, see as very important for us as rights uh, in this country. So maybe in the, you know, in the political uh, electoral place, maybe that party is lost, but I think the people that live here have, have eventually uh, came to a, a place where they understand the power that we really have when we stand together.
0: All right, well, thank you both for joining us. Thank
1: you. Thank
0: you very much. Thank you for having us. And thank you for joining us on the analysis.news. And we'll be asking both our guests to come back again soon. Uh, Please don't forget the donate button, and the share button, and the subscribe button, and all the buttons.